Testing, testing, hey, that works. My first time with the headset, uh, so I'll have to find something else for my hands to do. This will be a good thing here. Aren't you glad I didn't say Abaddon? Oranges again, yes! What? I said oranges again, yes! Oranges again. I have a theme, I guess, I don't know. Uh, Abaddon is the Hebrew word for destruction, so this is just a play on the... Uh, the knock-knock joke, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? It'll explain all of the humor until it's not humorous anymore. Uh, we're going to be talking about fruits of the Spirit, or fruit of the Spirit, this morning. And I thought this title kind of summed up to some degree of, uh, you know, we've got some fruit in there. We've got destruction because we're going to kind of compare and contrast some things about what Jesus said about we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how it interacts with the story of the Bible and interacts with us and it, he. So the next slide. I've heard it said that true friendship comes when silence between two people is comfortable. Okay. Was that comfortable? Well, maybe for you. No, that's, uh, but we, we see a quote like this, and maybe we have times where it's not comfortable. And, and uh, you know, what if we're not friends with somebody, but you want, you want this true friendship? So you, you say, true friendship. So... Silence between two people is comfortable equals true friendship. I want that true friendship. I'm going to make the silence comfortable. Is that how it works? Can you, can you make silence comfortable without the friendship so that you can make it friendship? Kind of using it backwards. Is, this is just a quote by some guy who, honestly, the internet doesn't seem to know who this guy is besides this quote. Um, maybe he's an author. I could not find anything because the only thing when I searched his name was this quote. Um, but the whole idea of this is he's saying that the evidence of something is this thing. If we focus on the thing, that's the evidence, and try to make that happen, does that make it true for what he's talking about? No, not necessarily. If I were to stalk you and find everything about you and what makes you comfortable and then encounter you with all of the things that I think make you comfortable, does that make us true friends? No. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and, and gifts, and BJ talked a lot about the history or early history of the church and understanding and already seeing, even when Jesus was alive, obviously, people disagreed when Jesus was gone, and it was the apostles. People were disagreeing. The church, you know, people were, were splitting and moving on. And BJ gave us some examples of some people who were, uh, who were operating in, in gifts, and, but maybe they were being a little wiggly in their personal lives, and it went off in a different, a different way. Um, so... We're going to see some examples of what Jesus had to say about... Uh, now, these are different than the gifts we've been talking about. We're just seeing what Jesus calls the evidence 
of his people. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Those are all really cool things. Um, I think we would all like that stuff to happen. Um, And uh, happen more, happen at all, would be great. And, you know, talking about the gifts that have been spoken about, Paul said, you know, desire the gifts, desire the greatest gifts, the greater gifts. So it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to acknowledge them and to focus on them to some degree. But Jesus also said this in Matthew, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So if I'm just reading my Bible, I'm like, wait, Jesus, you, you just said, we'll go back. You just said all these things will follow these people that are my people, that follow me. And then you say, to some people that have done these things, I never knew you. So what, Jesus, what? What is going on? Because sometimes we approach it, and I know I'm that way. I have been that way. Sometimes we approach Christianity of just like, God, just tell me what to do, and I will do it, and then everything will be fine. And... And then so I read the Bible, and I see this list of stuff, and okay, well, I may not be able to make some of that happen, but maybe we can, you know, figure it out. Um, and if we can come up with the evidence, then that must mean that I'm with Jesus, until he says, no, I never knew you, and you're like, okay, what was all that for? What was, what was everything for? Well, let's see what, let's, uh, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, let's focus on it seems to be a theme in the Bible that God is looking for. Galatians 5.22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is a simple verse. It's a cute verse if you sing it in a song about coconuts and such. Um, but it does seem to be a very important verse. Um, lots of different ways that we could talk about the fruit this morning. Um, but I just, like, I just like Jesus, so we're probably going to stick with a lot of things that Jesus had to say, and not so much the context of this verse in Galatians. Um, so we're going to Mark 11. Oh no, we're not going to do... Yeah, maybe we will. I don't know. These are, these are here, but they're not necessarily in importance order. Um, so the fruit of the Spirit is what I would call the, the evidence. We've seen the gifts. We've seen lists of gifts. We've seen what Jesus said will follow the people. But, but really, when it comes down to it, in other verses of testing people, it seems to come down to this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, like the gifts, can we look at this list and make it happen? To some degree, human beings have the capability to do things, to do different things, and sometimes that can be to make it look like you know, love, joy, peace. You can practice things, you can create new habits, you can, you can abandon bad habits, but 
we have this limit as humans that anything that we we do, you know, there's a balance, there's a cost, there's uh, we can come up with lines of logic that allow us to move into something else that looks like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it can be effective to some degree, but it's all very limited. And it's just limited in ourselves. Now, God is not limited. So when he works with us and we see the true fruit of the Spirit, it's limitless. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Um, what I say by humans having a cost to everything is like we can practice some of this stuff, but there's always a breaking point. There's always stuff that we've given up in order to have self-control. There's stuff we've given up in order to have peace. And when, when that line of logic or whatever it is that we convince ourselves to do these kinds of things for, you know, to better ourselves, to better other people around us, there's always a limit. There might be, maybe you don't encounter it in your life, but maybe you do, but, but there'll be a limit where internally you've like, something flips, something unfair happens that, that breaks your line of logic. What other ways to say that? But just, you know, something happens that you're just like, I gave all this up so that I could be a better person, and it didn't work out. It wasn't fair. You know, my loved ones died from cancer or some. You know, like, there's always something that can bring us to a breaking point. Um, but with God, there is no breaking point. So what we're looking for in people, because we, we've seen throughout the history, BJ talked about early church history, and we have already saw some of the stuff um, but even just looking at like the last hundred years or something, the American church and, uh, you know, the 1950s when everything was, was on the surface, you know, this is how you should be. This is how everything should look. And, uh, and no, I'm even, not even just saying the church, I'm just saying America, you know, after all the world wars and everything and, and, you know, we want the ideal thing. And, and so we can make it look like that. There's verses that I did not include on here for slides about if you desire to be an overseer, you know, then you should do this and this and this, or not do this, but you should be this. Your your family should be in order. And that's a big one that, that has affected the church in a lot of ways, and some of them negative, in the way of people saying, you know, I want to rise up, I want to be important, or I want to be thought of as worthy of of God and and what he wants me to do and so I have to put my family in order and you know sometimes that results in the behind the scenes things of not being so good of people you know controlling their kids with iron grips and well, it might turn out that at home their kids are are scared of their parents and maybe the wife is even scared of the husband because you know he's got to make sure that everything is in order um, that happens. That happens on minor scales, major scales. That doesn't always happen. But I'm just saying, if we're focusing on what the evidence is, if we don't have the connection to God, we don't know how to make that connection to God, we don't. Maybe even internally, we really don't want that connection to God. We really don't want to change. Then we just focus on the evidence, and we try to put the sheen on it. We try to put the shell on it. 
make it look like it's, it's all good. Now, I, I do wish that we could make healing happen. Um, I mean, you know, in the moment, that would be really nice to just make healing happen no matter what. But, but we, we still pray for that stuff. But we focus on, on this. We focus on God. We focus on God correcting us sometimes. We focus on where God is taking us. We just focus on what God wants. And so I'll share with you a couple of verses that, that kind of have confused me in the past. Mark 11, now we're going here. Seeing in the distance a fig tree with leaves, he went to find out if there was anything on it. When he, this is talking about Jesus. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And then this is like after the event. Uh, Early in the morning as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, that fig tree that you cursed has withered. Now, as a young man reading this, I, you know, again, I'm just looking for, you know, what do you want from me, God? What is approval you know, what is approved by you, what is not, you know, what do you want me to do? And seeing Jesus come up to what seems like a perfectly normal, healthy fig tree. And Mark, if you read this in Matthew, it doesn't say this, but in Mark he includes that, for it was not the season for figs. So, again, Jesus, why? What are you doing? Like, this tree is just doing its thing. And it seems to be understandable that it's not the season for figs. So why would you even expect figs? And then why would you curse it for not having figs? You know, looking at our lack and, and seeing what God expects of us and going, I don't have that. And then worried that Jesus is going to come and wither me because I don't have everything that he wants for me. That's where the, that's, that was my fear of looking at these verses. Um, it probably has something to do with this. Jeremiah seventeen eight. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out towards the stream. It does not fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. So that last part, it will not cease producing fruit. I wonder if Jesus, yes, he made an example of the fig tree to talk about you know, a larger issue of people and who is his people who are not his people. Um, but I wonder if Jesus expected figs from this tree off season in relationship to not cease producing fruit. That when we are with God, he is the living water. We are like trees planted by that water. And that when he is with us, there is no seasons. That we, we are always fruitful. If you think about your worst day or your worst situation, um, I'd say for me probably it's when I get overwhelmed and it doesn't seem to be a way out. You know, like internally I get panicked, and and that would be where I'm probably most prone to lash out or to to be short with somebody or to you know not be worried about them at all. I'm just worried about me and getting out of here and getting away from whatever it is. Um, you know, so in that moment, I'm probably not producing fruit because I'm so, so worried and so concerned about everything that's going down and where I am, how am I going to get through it? Um, 
it was Jesus judging me in that moment. No, I mean, we're, we're here. We're still moving through things. We're still progressing. We're still working on things. As long as I'm calling on him, that is, that is what takes the fear away, is that there's all these things. There's all these things that equal and don't equal. And at the end of the day, Jesus is like, just bring me the math problem. You know, talk to me about the math problem. It's not going to work out if you don't. So that's, that's something I've come to, is that Jesus does expect fix from us all year round. But only because he knows that he can give it to us. He can, he can help that Holy Spirit working through our lives. Back again to the fruits. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, sometimes we look at some of these and be like, I'm pretty good on peace. But, uh, faithfulness, I don't know. You know, there's things for us to work on. This is not an exhaustive list. You know, I think this is just a good roundabout list that kind of covers everything. I think in some, like the Catholic version of the Bible, I think they've got like uh, just more things that they've added to this or, or not that they've added, whatever. It's a whole history lesson. But I'm just saying that like you can add more things. You can add more elements, more facets to what a a person living with the Holy Spirit looks like. But, but what does that look like? You know, we can see words like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What does that look like? What does that mean in any given situation? Um, the Bible, again, going back to Jesus, I just have a simple slide, the Sermon on the Mount. I don't have slides for all of the notes. But Jesus talked about things like he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. So he didn't come to break and change everything that everyone had always believed. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not breaking that. This is, this is what it all means. This is what it all comes down to. He is fulfilling all of that. He is saying, according to the law, Murder is bad, what Jesus said, but that's born out of anger. If you deal with anger, that's, you know, in your heart, that's the the same. So let's deal with that. Adultery is bad, but Jesus is saying, but lust is just as bad. Let's deal with that. Can't just hide this stuff, you know, as long as we're not letting it out to the forefront, it's okay. Jesus is like, no, it's not okay. Let's deal with this stuff. The law, eye for an eye, that's completely natural. You know, um, natural in the way of like natural law, equal and opposite reaction. Jesus is all about the supernatural law, which does not break the law, but it supersedes it. Because Jesus' recommendation was turning the other cheek. Um, don't, not being worried about people taking advantage of you because... If we are with God, there is no disadvantage. There is no lack with God. Um, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Jesus said, nope. Love your enemy. Pray for them. And one of the years ago, it almost feels like a different lifetime now, but Tabitha and I worked with the youth group back when we were in the other building. And one of my favorite lessons I ever did It wasn't really the lesson. It was so much. It was just an exercise. And 
I, I, I think I only really remember it because like it worked or God worked because I challenged the kids to think of their enemy. Who is their enemy? It could just be because they're teenagers. It could just be their bully at school or somebody, somebody who, when they just walk down the hall and they see them, they're just like, Oh, like I, I just don't, I don't have the energy for you today. You know, whatever. Or maybe it's more serious things, stuff going on at home. But like, who is your enemy? And then I challenged them just because we did weekly meetings, just pray for them for this week. And just, you know, don't, don't pray for how much you hate them or whatever, but just pray, you know, talk to God about this person and pray for whatever God shows you to pray for them. But then also just listen, you know, the whole idea is just seeing, getting closer to seeing how God sees that person. And it was interesting because there were some some kids that basically refused to do it. Like, I don't want to do that, you know, or it's not going to work or whatever. And some people did it. And and the people who did pray for them in the next week, it actually, my challenge was just for the one week. But for some of them, it turned into, you know, a few weeks because they were in just that one week, they saw some change, how they... They became less annoyed by that person, or they saw them, started to see them in a different light by praying for them, and so they wanted to continue praying for them. And uh, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I guess it was. I think it was my favorite because I really had nothing to do with it. It was just like an idea, and whoever took the idea and went with it, like it actually did something. And I was like, cool. I didn't I didn't have anything to do with that. Um, Jesus talks about prayer and fasting, and and here we get back into people focusing on the requirements for prayer, the requirements for for fasting, and what they were doing was again they were putting on a show to let everybody know that they were fulfilling the requirements. And Jesus is like, don't don't put on the show, do the stuff, but don't put on the show. Don't when you're fasting, don't paint your face up to look like you're really fasting. You know, like it's really dragging you down. He's like. Just just do the thing. Do the things that are important, but you don't have to let everybody know that you're fulfilling all the requirements. Because Jesus is saying, I know. Holy Spirit will be with you. Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. So now we're just getting into, again, there's a lot of loneliness, I feel, in religion, in doing what we're supposed to do. There's a lot of loneliness in trying to... Uh, trying to appease the gods and and doing what we can do but god has god has always said like you you can't do it that's not how, that's not how you were designed to do it we were designed to be together that's it we were designed to be together not that god was designed i'm saying he designed us to be with him <laughs> we were designed to be with him so ask seek and knock said ask me I'll give you, I'll give you something. You know, we don't know when our question is not always the right question, I guess, but God doesn't care. Just ask, ask him the question and he will give you an answer. Jesus says the good tree will make good fruit. The bad tree will make bad fruit. And he doesn't, there's no other for that. (laughs) He doesn't say, you know, actually, you know a good tree will make good fruit and a bad tree will make bad Well, actually, that's not true. Like, nope, that's, he actually does leave it there. 
So we're back to the fruit. Um, back to the slide that we already saw, where Jesus says, I never knew you. The fruit. It's not the, it's not the evidence. It's not the evidence that we, we see sometimes. But the fruit. And the fruit we do see, we're just not always looking for it. Now, in my experience, and I don't think it's not backed up by Scripture, I'm just saying in my experience, there was a lot of confusion for me with gifts and fruits. And growing up in the church, I feel like I had a good handle on what the fruit of the Spirit meant, like people's character and what that could look like. But then you see all of this stuff in the Bible about, about the gifts and about Jesus saying the signs that will accompany people. And when you see somebody who's really gifted in something, it's hard to, uh, it was hard to separate those. Like somebody's gifted must mean that they are with Jesus. And they have such a gifting, like I don't even, you know, I must have to follow them because, like, I don't, I don't have that, or I don't, I'm not on that level. Um, and sometimes that's not always good. Um, just the reality of seeing somebody who, I don't know how that works. I, I don't know why that works, but we do have verses that I did not include in here about God giving gifts according to his will. He does that for his will. Now, I think, in my mind, I think that the reason for that is because no matter what this person is doing, God is giving that person that gift for that time to do this thing to affect other people. So hopefully he can affect somebody else. Now, the best situation is God gives us gifts, we use the gifts, and we have the Spirit with us. We have the fruits of the Spirit, and it's all congealed, and it's all together, and it's not confusing. Because that is one of the biggest things, is, is confusion. Of like, why is this person acting in the gifts? How is healing happening? How are things that are undeniable happening? And yet, this person kind of seems like a jerk. Like, you know, like nobody can get along with this person. Nobody can stick around with this person. Like, what is going on? And I think we got to put the importance on the fruit. we got to... The Bible talks a lot about confessing your sins to one another, being open, and, and you know, because sometimes that's all it takes for us to be able to move into something, to, to take care of something. Um... But if we're all hiding behind our gifts, if we're not allowed to touch each other because of our gifts, because of, uh, you know, like, oh, that guy's, that guy's acting, you know, he's, he's super powerful. He's, he's going up in this world. You know, things are happening. Like, it's undeniable. Things are happening when this guy is around. So I guess we're not going to ask him how his marriage is doing. Or, you know, like, like uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then things fall apart. And that's sad. And I think that's, when I, that's probably what makes me most sad is looking back on the church history in recent years and, and just seeing how much confusion there is when 
somebody seems to be rising up in the ranks and then it just crashes. It all just falls apart. And then everything that they did gets questioned. The people that were affected by them in their ministry, people who even get saved by somebody's ministry, then they're like, now what? Like, do I have to go all the way back to day one and figure out what's going on here? Um, hopefully, not exactly, but, but that's why Jesus doesn't like that kind of thing. Because it's like, all this stuff that is causing change now has to be ground back up, driven back up. Now we have to go back through everything again, because there's, there's so much confusion. Because the spirit, spirit is there for that person but maybe they weren't fully working through the person doing the thing. I don't know. If that was confusing, that's fine, because a lot of this life stuff is confusing. But it does come back to simple terms. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love. I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what do we gain? How do we gain? It's just being with God. It's just learning from him, listening to the still small voice. His sheep know his voice. What if we don't know his voice? How do we get to know it? Well, one of the things is, is the Bible. If, if you don't know how to hear from God, you can always start there. Talking to people, probably I would say, not talking necessarily to gifted people, but talking to people who you see are showing the fruit of the Spirit. People who you see I would bet everybody in here has at least one person in their life that they can remember. Hopefully we have a lot more. Hopefully we have a whole room full here. But somebody in your life who has exhibited peace in a moment where you're like, I don't know how they did that. This that was a completely unpeaceful situation. I don't know how they pulled that off. Somebody who has exhibited love in a situation where you're like, they should not be able to love the other person. Like something bad happened, whatever. I don't know how they did that. And I'd like to think that a lot of us have that influence on other people. And so I would, uh, yeah, if you have questions, I would definitely say that would be, that would be a place I would be more comfortable starting is find somebody who exhibits the fruit of the Spirit and ask them questions. I don't care if they're up front. I don't care if they're, doing all of the prophecies and all of the healing, they may not have any part of that. But but just talk to somebody. And because uh, it's... It's not always the easy road, which the Bible talks about that too, the narrow path. But it's, uh, it's non-glamorous. To talk to God is non-glamorous. That seems super weird to say. But, but that's how it looks to other people. To, to learn character and to build character. And sometimes to pull back from the glamorous things to build that character. God actually 
prefers that because going back to the beginning, he says these things will follow those who believe. We don't have to worry about some of that. I mean, we're faithful in this stuff, like we pray for healing. We're, you know, we want to help each other. We want to do things, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing it out of expectation or fear that we have to do these things. We have to make this happen. It's like, let's, let's get with God first. And, uh, and then these things will follow. So that's all my notes. There's lots of things to say. I had a hard time putting this together because so much stuff does tie together. Um, the nice thing that I don't have to say is how do we move forward in that? How do we hear from the Spirit? How do we know it's God? How do we hear? How do we take it in? Because I think Tabitha is taking that next week. So I don't have to talk about that. But today we can have questions. It's okay to have questions today. It's okay to see Jesus' expectations and then see what he does to some people that fulfill some of those expectations and go, what? What was that? He's just bringing us in. Jesus is bringing us in. The Holy Spirit is bringing us in. So we will pray. And we will have... One last song with the guitar, it looks like. And uh, funny, I, I don't mean to say this in a way of like, of course, but you know, of course the day that I'm talking about the fruits of the Spirit, of course that would be the day that a string breaks right at the beginning. And you know, we don't have the perfect worship service and all that stuff. But I think we handled it okay. I think nobody freaked out. I think uh, I didn't really panic. I just wanted to get Joe set back up. I thought it was perfect. Joe, Joe didn't panic. And, uh, and uh, now BJ knows that he can lead worship just on bass all alone. And, uh, <laughs> but that's all right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the sunshine, and uh, I pray that it melts some of that snow out there so people can, can get out, get around. We thank you for the people who do take care of the snow so we can all make it in here this morning. And Holy Spirit, we just, we thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Father, that you are who you are. Thank you for sending Jesus when you did to come tell us about this stuff. Thank you for sending the Spirit to be with us to continue on. Lord, we pray. We pray that whatever was meant by this morning carries with us for the day. Father, we just... Pray for any, any confusion about what you want would be cleared up. We just pray for avenues to speak with you, to commune with you, to happen. And we just pray that we can help each other 
get to those places. We just pray against judgment and confusion and uh, self-will and any of the things that hinder us as a, as a body. You see the cycles over and over of rising and falling, rising and falling. Lord, we just want to be with you. We want you to truly touch us, truly affect us. We want you to truly touch everybody. We want people to know who you are. When you see us, when they see us, when we look at ourselves, that we see you. In Jesus' name, amen.